0: My friends, in our Sunday readings, one of the flaws of the way that we read just section by section is that we never get anything in its full context within the story. So many of us may not know that today's reading of Martha and Mary actually follows directly upon the heels of last week's reading of the Good Samaritan. And why is that important? So what? Because the Good Samaritan parable, uh, that story last week began with the scribe who wanted to test Jesus, saying... What must I do to inherit eternal life? And what's written in the law? What's written in the law is you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And then when the scribe says, who's my neighbor, we get the parable of the Good Samaritan. But what haven't we covered in detail? How do you love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength? And so the story of Martha and Mary immediately after that parable of the Good Samaritan shows, okay, well, that was how you love your neighbor, but now how do you love God? What does that mean? What does it look like? And here we have Martha and Mary, and Mary is loving the Lord, and Martha is doing the work, but she's burdened with it. She's not doing it out of love. She's doing it because it's something to do, because she's anxious, Jesus even says. You're anxious in your word. When we do work for God, We don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be worried. Um, We don't need to be burdened with it. Working for God isn't burdensome. It's a joy. The problem is not what Martha was doing, but that she wasn't doing it out of love for God. And Mary is. She's there. And she has chosen the better part. This is something that the church has held true. Contemplation, prayer, is the better part. It should be a priority of our day. It shouldn't be, when can I get my prayer? What can I squeeze it into the day? But rather, I need to pray. I'm going to arrange my day around that. I need to spend quiet time with the Lord. I'm going to make that my priority today. If that means I get up at 5.30 to be sure to have time to pray before getting off to work, then I'm going to get up at 5.30 or 5.00. In the seminary, there was a group of us, because our day started early, that were getting up at 4.15, 4.15 to drink coffee, then to pray. But, you know, it's, it's a priority. Spending time with the Lord should be a priority for us. It should be something that we build a schedule around, not try to just squeeze in there whenever we can find time. But there's a deeper point I really want to talk about today on a very practical level with this, which is... Martha and Mary both do something very good. They welcome the Lord into their home. That's good. They're both in the win category already, right? There are people who reject the Lord, who don't welcome him. They're both in the win category. They've welcomed the Lord into their home. But then the question becomes, what do you do with that, right? Martha, having welcomed the Lord, gets right about to work, whereas Mary sits there with him, is just with him. God is in my home. Let's just sit with him for a little bit. Let's just be with him. Practically, when we receive Holy Communion at Mass, we welcome the Lord into our own selves. We welcome the Lord into the home that is our body. We welcome the Lord in Holy Communion. In fact, we even say before receiving communion, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. We welcome the Lord. But then the question becomes, after everyone comes up and receives communion, what do you do? What do we do next? I must say, our parish is very good, or at least I, standing all the way up here, haven't noticed that we don't have the floods leaving after communion, right? I remember I was in a church and it... I don't get angry too often, but I was saying a 5.45 Mass with no music during Advent, so there's no Gloria. It was at 5.45, it was a quick Mass, short readings, so we're distributing Communion at like 6.07 in the morning. And people are still leaving after Communion. And I'm like, where do you have to be at 6.07 in the morning that you can't stick around for the extra three to five minutes for the Mass to end? We welcome the Lord into our home when we receive communion, and even if we're busy. Okay, I received communion, I gotta now, I gotta go do groceries, I gotta go do this, I gotta go do that. Well, hold on. Sit with him for a little bit. Or even maybe when I go back to my pew right away, do I start okay, let me fiddle with the whatever, let me kind of look at everyone. No, like even we try to start our hymn after communion, like after everyone has received. And then the Eucharist is reposed in the tabernacle so that people have a chance to get back to their pew and to have, you know, that moment of prayer. We welcome the Lord into our home when we receive Holy Communion. Then the question becomes, what do we do? Do we get, do we ignore him when he's there? Or do we pay attention to that God's inside me right now? The Lord Jesus is inside me. I should be attentive to him, not just moving on to the next thing. This is where the very beautiful practice of making a Thanksgiving after mass comes into play. Which means when the mass ends and the music finishes, it's not just race to the door and race to the parking lot, but rather let me kneel down. The next thing we should do after the recessional is just kneel down for either a second, or a minute, or 10 minutes, whatever, but we just kneel and we say thank you. What did this mass cost Jesus? What did it cost him for me to be able to receive him in Holy Communion today? It cost him his entire life. And so when mass ends, we just kneel down and say a little thank you. Say a little prayer of thanksgiving. There are in our red prayer books that are now in every pew on page 57, there's like 10 pages of prayers for after Mass. Just pick one of them and just read it. And just say those prayers to our Lord. Or just kneel down and speak from your own heart. Just say thank you. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for giving up your life so that I could receive you in Holy Communion. Imagine if you know I went to a, a Christmas party with friends or family. And as soon as I opened the gift, it's like, all right, I'm leaving. Right? I'm out of here. Uh, How rude would that be? None of us would do that. None of us in our right mind would do that. And now maybe with regard to the great gift that we receive in the Eucharist, just this little bit of teaching. Of what's good manners for God? Well, to kneel down and just say thank you. Just, you know, a little prayer, a little thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great gift. Let me just sit at your feet for even just a moment. Or a long time. But let me be there with you. And so at the end of Mass now, uh, as Deacon Jim and I walk out, we're going to do this too. You know, we're going to kneel down for just a moment and can shake some hands after that. But it's important that we do that too, because we receive communion at Mass as well. well. Um, But this is an important thing. This is also something that can really radically change our spiritual lives as we start recognizing the great gift of the Holy Eucharist. As we kneel down in this most important time, that beautiful time. We're, look, we're already in the win category. We're here. We've made it. We're here at Mass. That's a win, right? Now the question becomes, when we welcome the Lord into our home, under our roof, into our own bodies, what do we do with him there? And hopefully we today, in every Mass that we attend for the rest of our lives, can choose the better part and just spend a moment or two quietly sitting with him and thanking him for the great gift of his love.